Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles on the internet, even though it's not fantasy basketball season. Even during the offseason, they are the home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, in the offseason, during the playoffs, the uh, the fantasy offseason, I guess, uh, but enjoying those playoffs uh, wildly is what I've what I've heard from him. This is my co-host Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Um, yeah, how about those playoffs? It's exciting. They've been exciting so far. It's been a good. It's been a good first round. Yeah, and I'm you know I think we've seen some surprising games, which is nothing new in the playoffs, but always something fun, you know, like everyone freaks out. You know, all the Philly people were freaking out after that first game, like, oh my God, they're going to lose. They're going to get swept. Oh, it's over. It's over. And it's just um, the Monday morning quarterbacking gets crazy this time of year and it makes me yeah. laugh so hard. I feel like even back in the day before NBA Twitter, like if there was the people say, oh, it's not a series until the uh, – to the home team loses. And it's like, well, all right, whatever. Um, usually like game five is always the most important game period. Like that's, that's a fact back then and now, but now everybody's like, if the home team loses, man, that's a big deal. And a bunch of home teams lost in the, in that, in that first game. And then now we have NBA Twitter to completely and utterly overreact, which is exactly what happened. Oh, no doubt about that. It's uh, I'm excited. I mean, like we're going to have, 100% a new team out of the East. Uh, and I think it's, you know, kind of more open than people care to admit. And I actually think the West is a little more open than people care to admit as well. So, like, I, it's going to be a really fun, you know, couple months. I'm excited. It's always good to have a good playoffs. It's been a while uh, since the playoffs have been super exciting from front to back. And uh, I'd like to thank LeBron James for not making the playoffs, for making that happen. Thanks, LeBron. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it, what what will also be interesting this offseason is to see um, how the balance of power shifts, right? Like, I think someone in the East, especially if, you know, guys like Kawhi Leonard decide to go to the West, like, some of those big guys are going to jump to the East and basically, you know, look at it like they're going to have a pretty free shot at making the finals. So um, I expect it to be another pretty crazy offseason with all that going down. Not with Giannis around, man. He better win that MVP. Giannis is ready. Yeah, but see, if 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 the Bucs are going to have to make a decision between Brogdon and Chris Middleton for the most part, like both guys are going to get paid. And I, I mean, they're both restricted free agents, right? But it's going to be difficult for Milwaukee to keep both of them unless they're going to, you know, pay a huge luxury tax bill. So um, I think they're probably going to lose one of them. And they're probably not going to get much as far as free agents because they're just not going to have that much money. So it'll be really interesting to see. I don't um, know. I mean, when it comes to free agents, like right now, it feels like, all right, they're not going to be able to do that well. But uh, when, 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 you know, when Houston wants to make something happen, they make something happen. You know, maybe the Bucks will uh, start taking a page out of their book and say, hey, we're, let's say the Bucks make the finals. Um, I think there's going to be quite a few free agents who might want to come play with Giannis. And I think if there's a will, there's a way and they make it happen. Oh, they well, they don't have to sign either Middleton or Brogdon 
if uh, if someone's gonna come play there. Yeah, true. And I mean that's but maybe I Clay don't Thompson. Know that that's, okay, maybe. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I just It'll be it, like I said. It's going to be a really interesting offseason because I think you're going to see a lot of player movement, and I think you're going to see some of these big guys, you know, these big name stars, want to go to the East, figuring they got a a much clearer path. I mean, you mentioned it, right? Golden State's probably not going away. Houston's probably not going away. So, um, the West is going to be really, really difficult again. Yeah, I actually, I'm I'm with you. I think it's going to be incredibly interesting offseason. Probably even more interesting than last offseason, which was pretty crazy which is why we are still going to be bringing you episodes throughout the offseason we got the draft coming up uh that's going to be the rookie draft's going to be great we're going to be doing rookie rankings rookie drafts we'll be talking about those rookies uh some of the content is going to be exclusive though so go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes if you would like to get some of that exclusive content uh and we'll also be bringing you any of the free agency signings dealings nonsense that happens uh, throughout the offseason. But tonight we are going to look back um, at what we did a very, very long time ago, back in October, when we we like to do this at the end of the year and say, hey, how did we do this year? You know, you're not if you're not improving, a lot of these pundits out there, a lot of these fancy basketball so-called experts, Tyler, um, you know, you don't hear about them talking about the, what they got right, what they got wrong. They're just they just keep moving on. They're just uh, what's the next hot take? Uh, but we we're gonna go look back at our hot takes from the beginning of the season, from October, uh, from our bold predictions podcast. You can go listen to that if you really want to. I you know, yeah, go listen to it. Why not? Get get some hits on that. But uh, we're gonna bring up those bold takes, uh, those bold predictions today, and just see how we did. Uh, which should be pretty good. Like I, I feel like you had a pretty good season, Tyler. I know some of the takes you had, some of the rankings you had did really well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I did very well. I'm going to find out, I guess. Uh, yeah, and and you think you nailed it on the head, right? Like we're not afraid to say like, oh, man, this was a terrible call. And um, I have two that I think are pretty bad, at least two. Um, and that's okay, right? I mean, I have 10. I have 10 we're going to talk about uh, two that are pretty bad. I have a bunch that I think are pretty good, and some of them might have won you your league if you listen. So um, that's always good, I think. Um, it's important to say this too, right? We did these, and they were supposed to be bold predictions. So there's got to be a little bit of leeway on the actual call in the sense that, um, you know, it it wasn't cool to say, oh, you know, Giannis is going to finish fifth instead yeah, of That's fourth. not a bold prediction. Right, that's not bold. There's nothing bold about that, right? Like, there's, you know, a very small margin between fifth and fourth. So we went for things that were a little bigger and that were a little out there, especially during draft season. And I, I think overall we did fairly well, given that they're supposed to be bold predictions. Yeah, you're not going to get them all right. And if anyone says they're getting them all right, they are uh, completely wrong. They are lying to you. Uh, and we also are we're pretty conservative when it comes to – making bold predictions, we followed the philosophy of uh, that everything kind of reverts back to the mean. You know, when we look at our our uh, predictions, when we look at our projections for stats, we don't usually think too many players are going to be taking a giant leap. Some some rankings have all sorts of crazy giant leaps, and we're actually probably going to hit on a few of those that they got completely wrong this year. Um, 
But when you got to take some risks if you're going to win a league, you got to take some uh, bold leaps. And uh, I think we did better than better than usual, better than the average. Uh, I'm actually pretty proud of some of these bold predictions that we both made. They're they're pretty spot on. Some of them, and some of them way off. Uh, yeah, and that's the way it should be with the bold predictions. I think. Yeah, more right than wrong. That's all you can ask for. Um. All right. You want to start? Or you want me to start? Let's go. You you go ahead and start. Um, okay, so these are, I guess, kind of in no particular order, right? They were just kind of the order I wrote them down in, and I don't know if that meant anyone was more likely than the other, just kind of uh, spitballing off the top of my head. So uh, my first one was uh, Donovan Mitchell, who was being wow. picked, according to Fantasy Pros, ADP 21st overall. Wow. Would finish outside the top 30 this season. Well, Tyler, I so think you uh, you nailed that one. Um, so in total value, looking at eight category leagues, Donovan Mitchell finished 32nd. Yeah. So that one was pretty cut and dry, right? Like it was a, it was a claim. I made it. He played 78 games, so it wasn't like, you know, it was some really low game total that forced him out. And yeah. I, th- I think if people are going to pick him at 21st again, he's probably going to finish somewhere around – 30, 32, 35, because just, you know, he's very inefficient and he he does a lot of great things for fantasy, but he does some things that are hard to overcome. And so I just don't know that he's ever really going to reach that top 20 level. Yeah, we uh, we talked about this early last season a handful of times. Uh, we were not in on how high everybody was on Donovan Mitchell. We saw that he had played 34 minutes a game basically through the entire uh, season last year it's not like he came on on the second half he was a starter from like basically the beginning of the season we kept saying to ourselves what could he possibly improve on and you know he didn't really improve on too much you know he had a, a, yeah, a very good season we actually uh, you know i was gonna call him the most disappointing player in our fantasy awards that we did in the last podcast until you had to stop me and say no no actually that second half he he played so well um he brought his his value back up and since he played so many games he was ranked really well and per game nine cat even he was uh, 56th overall so you know that's that's pretty good yeah um I, I just think this was another case where the hype got a bit too out of control and therefore um you know and, and maybe that's something to, to think about next year right like if there's a really hot young player um maybe pump the brakes a little bit and maybe let somebody else have him in your league. Um, unless you're a really staunch believer, but it's also important too. And you nailed it on the head, right? Like think about where this guy's going to improve, right? Is he going to get two more assists a game? Is he going to get two more rebounds a game? Like how, how is he going to do it? How is he going to get better? Yeah. And he, you know, he got a little bit better at rebounds and, and assists, which props to him, but just a little bit better. And that was it. And so that doesn't really move the you from a kind of like a third tier uh, player into that next tier. Like you've got to do a lot to get up into those tiers. And uh, it's really, really hard to get into that second tier where people were taking him. And it, I, I think you, you, you were correct. Uh, when you, Don't get too excited about some of these young players. When you look at that first tier, that second tier, uh, often there's not a lot of new faces in those tiers though this year is a little different actually with paul george being a you know a top four per uh per game nine cap player and uh, and somebody i made a bold prediction about um which i'm i'm just gonna get right into uh we were talking about donovan mitchell and i said i'd much rather have 
Bradley Beal over Donovan Mitchell. I, I, I predict that Bradley Beal should be taken over Donovan Mitchell and that obviously he'd be a top 30 player since he would be over uh, the prediction of Donovan Mitchell being a not a top 30 player. And when you look at, uh, well, first off, totals, uh, he played 82 games. But even if you look at per game, nine cap, Bradley Beal was 14th overall. And, like, that's even exceeds my expectations for Bradley Beal. He, he stayed healthy, which was something, you know, people occasionally worried about, even though he did pretty well last year. And even in totals, he was 21st. So I was on Bradley Beal early this year, and I'm, I'm glad I was because I had him on a few of my teams, and he paid off. Yeah, and, and Bradley Beal went 27th, for anyone wondering. So, you know, he went basically half a round later than Donovan Mitchell in, in almost every league, um, according to Fantasy Pros. And uh, so, you know, you got a nice little value there. Um, and it's, it's perfect, right? Like Bradley Beal. Now, Beal was helped by the fact that John Wall got hurt and then missed you know, a large oh, portion certainly. of the season. But, you know, I think Bradley Beal was maybe on pace to finish better than Donovan Mitchell even when John Wall was playing, like, you know, Bradley Beal just took a little bit of a step forward this year. And, you know, he's a very efficient player, which is something that Donovan Mitchell is not. Uh, and that helps him. And, you know, we saw him kind of take those little jumps and assists and, and points this year that Donovan Mitchell's going to need to take to get into that top 20. So uh, that was a real good call by you. Yeah, it's hard to get to, to take that jump in, a, in the combination of those uh, constant improvements. Uh, in fact, especially with, uh, John Wall out. He uh, was allowed to um, improve those assists, but that that combination of John Wall being out and the improvements he made in his game, uh, and the fact that he had to carry that team with um, a workload of 37 minutes a game, you know that allowed Bradley Beal to make that jump. But going into next season, I think you want to circle that 37 minutes a game, 82 games played because that's rare, and uh, I don't think you can always rely on that so you know if you look at him as a per game value 14 uh i don't think i'd be taking him 14th overall next year uh yeah but i think he's a top 20 guy oh yeah i don't think he's gonna have a huge fallout uh but i also Um, think you know this might be his ceiling based on utilization uh yeah that's that's probably fair to say and it'll be interesting to see right do the wizards go full blow it up and and maybe try to trade beal this offseason um obviously that would have a big impact on his um Okay, so he's only my, 26 too. I just want to throw that in. He's only going to be 26 next year. My next one, right? Maybe, maybe I got caught up in the hype a little bit here. Um, Luka Doncic is going to be a top 40 player this season. Ooh, all right. And he was he was being drafted 57th. So okay, which a lot of it, people thought was a little too high, and I, I think me and you were saying, yeah, no, like Luka's going to be a great player. Um, so in total value, eight cat, he finished 56th. All right, that's pretty good. So the, the, the market actually really nailed this one. And if we look at per game value, um, and, and here's really what killed Luca was they set him out a lot down the stretch there. Like he missed six out of their last eight games, I believe. Um, and he was on pace to be to basically play, you know, almost a full 82. He had missed a couple games here and there. Um, if you throw out the guys who played less than 10 games, Luca finished 53rd in per game value. So, okay. you know, again, like they, they pretty much just nailed it. Uh, the ADP nailed it. And I missed on this one, I think, a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, you were definitely high on him. Hey, you got that 
job. Did he be writing for the Dallas Mavericks? You're a little hyped up on him, but you didn't. You weren't off too far. Uh, a lot of people thought 56 was high for Luca, a rookie just in general. And um, if you took him where you thought he was going to be, you didn't really like. I actually. It's not like you you ruined your season by taking him where you thought he would go. I actually think the logic was sound in this, and I'll, I'll explain why. He not did. terribly efficient guy. That's well, the problem. But see, here was the thing, too. Here was the thing that I think really killed it, right? So he was just as good in all the counting stats as I thought he would be. He was over 80% free throw shooter at Real Madrid every season. And he only hit 71.3 this season on a a large 6.7 attempts per game. And that's really what killed it. If we talk about him being, you know, 80% even on 6.7 attempts per game, that negative value quickly, you know, rotates into a positive value. And we're talking about probably a top player. That's true. So it's, it's not terribly off. But, hey, it was a bit of a miss, Tyler. Uh, why don't you roll out another one? Because uh, I think you you took more bull predictions than I did uh, this season, it turns out. But uh, oh. good on you because oh. I think you got a, quite a few of them right. Okay, so we'll get into my first big miss. Okay, This one did not turn out as good as I'd hoped. Um, but still, I think if you follow uh, the advice okay. – it wasn't that bad, okay? We'll see. So Nick, so Nick Batum returns to the top 50 this season. And Ooh. Nick Batum was being drafted second, according to Fantasy Pro's ADP. He yeah. finished 87th. So it wasn't great, but it wasn't like he killed you. Like I saw in some drafts that I was in, he was going at like 80, 85, 90. Still made him a somewhat decent value, uh, but it was not a great call. That was probably one of my bigger misses of the season. Yeah, I mean, you are a sucker for Nick Batum. That's that's your problem. That's on you. I don't know uh, where and how and how many years you've been on the Batum train. Uh, granted, he was a very good fantasy player when he was in Portland uh, and always had that uh, allure of being kind of like a cross-the-board type of a player, a very elusive player. Uh, in fantasy basketball, and uh, you're still on that train. You're still on Nick Batum, and uh, I think, you know, I was out. I, I thought it was too rich for my blood is what I remember hearing in that podcast. Uh, even when you are calling him to be in the top 80, I was like, ooh, that's that's too rich for Nick Batum. Uh, but, you know, hey, he, he finished right around there, right around 80 anyway, so you were you were way too high on him. Uh, yeah, that's fair to say, but I still think that, the the theory is not that terrible in the sense that if Batum would have just scored like we had seen him score the two previous years, you know he's he's way better. He only averaged nine point three points a game this year, and we yeah. you know had seen a couple years where he was scoring you know twelve thirteen fourteen a game, and had he done that right, it would have been there. So um, that one was definitely a miss. I will take the L on that one. All right. Well, since you are talking about your misses, I'm going to talk about a dead on accurate hit to make me sound so much better than you uh, at this point in the podcast because I told everyone on our Bold Predictions podcast that you should 100% draft Daniello Gallinari if he is he's around in the last rounds of the like the last four rounds 
of your draft. You should 100% pick him and that he would play 70 games or more this season. Tyler. So this, um, so I'll say this about this, right? He goes, he was drafted 118th, right? This was, yeah. this was a, a great call by you. Um, in Yahoo leagues, it was 141st. Oof. This was maybe the player Yahoo missed on most. Now, if you played in ESPN or CBS, he was much closer to that uh, number 100 pick, Still. which um, is, is probably about where he should have gone. And, and I don't know that he should really go much higher next year. And we're looking at a player with a very, very large track record of getting hurt and not playing that much. It's true. And it was, now it you, was definitely risky. Right. And you nailed it this year, right? He played 70 games. He, he played exactly 70 games, Tyler. Yep. And he finishes the 42nd ranked player in, in eight category leagues as far, as far as total value goes. So this was a big hit for you. I don't know that I'd go back to the well next season is all I'm going to say. That's fair. He's if he's also... going to the last round. You know what I mean? Like, sure, he's a great pick again because he does have that upside. But if he's going inside the top 50, I'm running. Yeah, I, I'm still wary of taking him in the top 50, but I, I'll stand by what I said last year. If he's around in those last four rounds, there's no reason not to take him. You're, you're going for the upside. Chances are there's going to be a waiver wire player uh, that should be taken in the last four rounds but never never got picked that you could trade out if he gets hurt. Like, whatever. It's totally fine. Those plateaus are very large there at the at the bottom but you're it's rare to get a guy who could finish in the top 50 like uh, daniello gallinari um and he's got more wins in the playoffs this year than lebron james just say uh yeah so just that was a great call by you that was a big hit a big hit from for my that was now. a good one all right let's let's get one of your big hits tyler Is it, um no i want to well. talk about i want to talk about my last one i messed up first. okay okay and then, um so I was a staunch supporter of Mr. Kyle Anderson, and that did not work out, right? Um, no, it did not. Though there was that you know very small period of time where he was playing after he got traded, where you know if that's the kind of guy you were gonna get, like he could have been fantasy relevant. Um, and 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 in you know. Per game value, right? He only ended up playing 43 games. And per game value, he still finished 111th. Um, I predicted his stat line, right? And we can talk about that if you would like. Um, I predicted that he would actually score some. That didn't really happen. I predicted he would get 12 points a game. He only scored eight. Um, I predicted that he would get six rebounds. He got 5.9, so pretty pretty spot on there. I predicted he would get three and a half assists. He got three. Okay. I predicted... 1.6 1.6 steals and a block, and he averaged 1.3 and 0.9. Okay, so you know, not not, um, not too far off. So I I don't think it was the worst prediction. Did you predict world. a 57 58 um, percent from the free throw line? 58 percent from the free throw line because that's piss poor. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that Grizzlies team needed a little bit of scoring though, and I thought maybe he could be someone who did did a little more scoring. Um, yeah. I'm going to take a loss on that one, though, just because the injuries really hurt him. And, you know, if you picked him in your fantasy league, he was definitely a big disappointment. But um, I, I still think, you know, he did a lot of things that helped you when he did play. Uh, and just the injury was unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, he might be a, a guy late round next year to, to, to take a look at because he, he didn't do that bad. Um, and I don't know what that Memphis team is going to look like next year. So it's worth still keeping an eye on him as a fringe fantasy player 
who has a little bit better uh, upside, especially in head-to-head leagues where you kind of just keep scraping away on those blocks of steals and and uh, rebounds that he actually gives you. I'm going to talk about a, uh, one that I got wrong, Tyler. So I didn't. I wasn't all perfect. Uh, I took less chances than you, but uh, I still got some wrong, Tyler. And uh, I was looking. I was on the hype train. I think we were both kind of on the hype train for Josh Richardson in Miami. Now Miami was kind of one of those elusive, uh, and we said we said this before the season started. The rotation is going to be the key to this team, and it, it was. It's an, it was an elusive team to figure out of what that rotation was going to be, but we both were definitely in on Josh Richardson just because there was a lot of hype around him, uh, even coming from the, the front office there in um, in Miami, and we both thought he would be to- a top 50 player. I thought he would be a top 50 player. I'm not going to rope you into this prediction. I, I, I thought he was going to be a top 50 player. He was not. Uh, but – you know, you're saying you're taking a loss on this one, but I don't know that that call was that bad. I mean, it wasn't good. He he, he was fine. He had a good, solid okay, season, so, but per game, uh, you're looking at you know a 72nd ranked player. So here's what I'll say: He finished 70th in total values as far as eight category leagues go. He was okay. being drafted 90th. Oh well, by Fantasy Pros ADP. So I kind of tend to want to give you a a semi-hit. You didn't hit the bullseye on this one, but you hit the target. Yeah. Right? Like if if he's going 90. Yeah, I'm on the board, right? If he's going 90 and and you get 70, you know, 75th value, like that's not – or 70th value, that's pretty darn good, man. That's 20 spots. Well, that's perfectly fine, but if you were taking him in the top 50 and he gives you 70th value, that's a good – But see, here's the thing that I would say, and this is maybe kind of the point that I try to make at the beginning, right? Like for bold predictions, I'm not saying if I see he's going to be a top 50 player, I'm not saying pick him in the top 50. I'm saying if he's going 90th, pick him the round before that, right? Pick him in the eighties, pick him in the late seventies. Well, you still got a little value out of that. Yeah, that's true. And you know, some of these things at the time were bold predictions, you know, Beal over Donovan Mitchell and Josh Richards being a top 50 player. And in retrospect, you know, some of those things don't sound that crazy. I'm not even sure Josh Richardson in the top 50 was that bold, to be honest. Well, I mean, by the ADP, he was going 90th. So. He was going 90th, so maybe it was a bold prediction. So that sounds pretty bold to me. Um, So here's what I nailed, right? I'm going to give this one a, a slam dunk, uh, an easy score. I had JaVale McGee as a top 100 player. Wow. Ja- JaVale McGee, right, if we remember during draft season, getting drafted 134th ADP. Finishing the year 61st. That's uh, even with the um, even with the very, I guess, lackluster tail end to the season for the Lakers and for JaVale McGee. He was so good in that first half. He ended up uh, 61st. That's impressive. Yeah, so I am going to give that one a slam a jam a dunk. I yeah. feel like that was a very good – that was probably one of my better calls. And – if you remember, I was kind of in on him all preseason long. Of they really just didn't have anyone else to play there. Yeah, and he was going to be very good. So yeah, if you picked him, you know, even just at the tail end of the top one hundred, uh, you got a very very nice value there. So uh, props to Javale. Yeah, you nailed that one. Um, you were definitely touting him a lot more than I was, and because I remember just being like, "Wow, you're really really on Javale, huh?" And you know, per minutes, like you you're not you're not wrong. I just didn't think the minutes would be there. 
And I think a lot of people who ended up taking your advice uh, probably took some of our advice later in the season when we were doing our uh, waiver wires, when we were doing our, uh, you know, kind of like weekly preview podcasts and say, uh, you know, JaVale McGee can't be ranked much higher uh, buy low, sell high podcast. You know, we probably told you to uh, sell high on JaVale McGee. So you might've even made out double, you know, you got all that good production, you sold high on him, you got some good players back and you missed that second half uh, slump from uh, JaVale McGee. So that was like a win-win for everybody who, uh, who was following you this year, Tyler. Yeah, that was, that was probably one of my best calls. Nice work. That's an excellent, excellent work. Um, I think I only have one more bull prediction here. Uh, big chili Willie Stein, uh, Willie Cully Stein. Uh, I had him as a top 100 player. I don't know if that was terribly bold. People like uh, Willie Cully Stein, but uh, they were going to get Marvin Bagley. We didn't know what was going to go on in um, in Sacramento, and um, what, he was a he was a top 100 player. So ESPN screwed you on this one as far as the the fantasy pros ADP because he was going at 78th on ESPN. Huh. Um, if you were in a Yahoo or CBS, he was going 111th and 107th respectively. So there, you know, you could get a little bit of value um, if you thought he was a top 100 player. He finished um, in total eight category value at 83rd. So again, okay. another another win for you. Um, I feel like you did good there. Now, yeah. if he and only pick- 27 minutes a game too. If you were picking him in an ESPN league, though, um, I number one, I don't know why you were picking him there. Number two. Uh, you you basically got the value, I guess, you picked him for, but it was still kind of a little bit of a loss there. Yeah, and number three, stop using ESPN's rankings. Uh, listen to the Watching the Boxes podcast. Uh, unless ESPN wants to sponsor us and put us on board, then then we will make sure those rankings get a lot, lot better. We are taking all uh, offers, any offer, if you are currently listening, ESPN executives. Just throw uh, it out there. So this one, I went bold, and I went too bold, and I should not have done that. Um, but I still feel like this guy maybe helped you a little bit. Um, I had Seti Osman as a top 75 player. Okay. He did not even have an ADP in ESPN. Like, Fantasy Pros did not rank an ADP. They're out on They're like, no, never mind. He was going 188th in Yahoo and 154th in CBS, giving him an average draft position total of 185th um he finished as the 129th ranked player so he was basically a waiver wire guy all year so that one's probably an l but i still feel like i i you know i i located someone that was somewhat standardly relevant for the whole season Um, yeah you you took a chance on a guy to uh to blow up and uh you know at 24 uh actually he was 23 during the season like he ended up being standard league relevant when, you know, other areas, other sites didn't even have him on the board. So, you know, I think that's a pretty good call. That's It might have been bold, but that's the whole point. It's bold. Right. Um, and, and the next one kind of goes right along with it, right? I said Shea Gilgis-Alexander was a top 100 player after the new year. Um, he was undrafted in CBS and ES, or in Yahoo and ESPN leagues. He was going 162nd in – CBS leagues and he finished as the 80th ranked player for the season. That's pretty nice. And he had a really good uh, run down the stretch once he was getting more minutes with the Clippers. And uh, he's someone I, you know, to keep an eye on for next year. Like he's 
tons of steals, good blocks. Um, if he starts hitting that three, he gets his three-point shot a little bit better next year. This is someone who could improve. Uh, he's he's not even 21 yet. Can't even go to the club. Probably just at home playing Fortnite. And um, also, more wins in the playoffs than LeBron James. At, at, yeah, at, the age, so, at the age of 20. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, so I feel like that one did did pretty all right. You know, I, I feel like um, he, he did well. And, and so I'm backing him on that one. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. That was a very good one. Especially since people were not too excited about him. I don't even think I was. I don't think I was very excited about him. Um, so, yeah, so I think that was actually a really good call, right? And if, if he was hard to stick with because he wasn't playing that many minutes. And so maybe that's why I don't want to give myself like a ton of ton of credit for it. But I mean, if you stuck with this guy all year, you got a top 80 player. Hey, that's a starter. Like that's pretty flipping good. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that call. I think that was good. Uh, my next one, Derek Rose ranks ahead of Colin Sexton and Kevin Knox this season. Yeah, Derek Rose. Um, so if we go per game value, right, which it's important to do that because Derrick Rose um, crapped out after 51 games. Hey, he's got some bad knees, man. Get off his back. Um, he finished 105th. Colin okay. Sexton finished 179th in per game value. And okay. the other man here is Mr. Kevin Knox, who finished – 276th. Woof. That is terrible. So I think maybe, and I'll check this in total values because I only checked it in per game. I think maybe even in total. I think he might have beat him in totals, at least one of them. He'd be, let's see here. He was 169th. Okay. Kevin Knox was 217th. Uh-oh. And Colin Sexton did edge him because he played all 82 games at 126. Uh, I'm not even going to give Colin Sexton any credit for that at all. And I just want to remind our listeners but, that Derrick Rose scored 50 points in a game this season. I just want to remind everybody that. Here's here's still why I think that was a hit. Okay? That's definitely Der- a hit. Derrick Rose had an ADP of 174th by Fantasy Pros. Which seems actually kind of ridiculous that people were even drafting him. But the other two were being drafted in almost every league because people get hyped on rookies. So, I mean, I'll give yeah. you the, num- the numbers if you want them, but yeah. uh, Colin Sexton, 112 ADP, Oof. Kevin Knox, 104th. Ugh, brutal. And, and so I think and, – and if you remember, I think we talked about this on the, the podcast you know, when we did the predictions. I said Derek Rose I, – I, I pinpointed Derek Rose because I'm like, he's somebody nobody's thinking about drafting, but he's probably going to play and play good when he's healthy. And these other two guys, even if they're healthy, probably aren't going to play that good. Yeah. And I think, I think that point stuck, you know, full stop. I think, you know, both those guys played quite a few games and were kind of crap. Well, neither you- Sexton or Knox, like there was some hype around them, but it was like, it wasn't Doncic hype. It wasn't Trey Young hype. It was it was just normal rookie hype. And I I, come, I I sympathize with people in their final rounds taking a chance on a rookie, uh, seeing what we could do. But you know you have those the eyes for the rookies, Tyler. You know what you're looking for, and you dogged them for their their lack of ability to do anything other than you know they're kind of one trick ponies. And even then, you weren't sure about their uh, field goal percentages or anything like that. And so. Uh, that's why you were 
on Shea Gildas Alexander instead of these two players. And I get it. Take a chance on a rookie, but don't take a chance on all the rookies. Every single one of your last round picks can't all just be flyers. Sometimes it pays off to take those veterans that uh, that are going to be 80th, 90th. You know, you're, you're Nick Batoons. You're Derek Roses. Yeah, so I think that was a, a pretty good call, and I'm, I'm going to stand by that one. Um, my next one is probably – I probably should have said I took three losses because I think this one's a loss. Um, Devin Booker, who wins, had an ADP of 25. I said he was going to take the leap and finish in the top 15. Um, if we look at per-game values, especially ACAT, he finished 20th. So he kind of was a little better than where he was drafted as far as per-game. Um, he got hurt a little bit, only played 64 games. Uh, not a great call by me. You can't, I mean, I feel like you kind of lost on a technicality. You know, down the stretch there, he was it was healthier. He was playing solid minutes. Now, also, those games down the stretch really don't mean anything. But, it's a lot of junk time. But he's, here, you know, if he stays healthy next year, he's on pace to be a you know top 25 player. Well, and here's where I think I sort of nailed it was I said he's going to get a lot of assists this year. Yeah. And, and he, he did he 6.8 per game, which was, you know, better than a lot, a lot of starting point guards. So I, I won't say like I missed the board completely on that one. I thought he played well and he played better than he probably had the best stat line of his career. Right. It just it didn't work out because of the games and other things. So here's my absolute best call of the year. Are you ready for this? Let me hear it. Um, so Nikola Vucevic, who was going 47 as far as ADP, and that was very much skewed by CBS leagues. In Yahoo, 53rd, and ESPN, 68th. And if you remember, everybody was hyping the Mo Bamba. Oh, I dropped the Mo Bamba. Vucevic isn't going to play. Blah, 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 blah. I said Nick Vucevic returns to being a top 35 player. Um, he even far exceeded my expectations. He finished 10th in yeah. total value in eight-category leagues. Um, I had Nick or Nikola Vucevic in almost every single league I played in. And, yeah, I mean, I think he was a big reason behind my success because, obviously, he way ex- exceeded his production. And there were two or three leagues where I literally got him in the late 50s, early 60s. He probably swung most leagues. And you were on him uh, by a lot. I, I think you were on him harder than I was. I was in agreement that, you know, after he's – after that third round or so, like he's he's got to be a pickup because he was relevant. He was a top fifty player in limited minutes last year. So if he's not limited in minutes, it's all upside from there. And um, you know, we were both kind of on him. You were on him a lot more, and uh, somehow you could have been on him a lot more and still been dead on with this pick. So that shout out to you on probably making one of the more um, league changing bold predictions of the year. I think yeah. Uh, I think yeah, I'm going to have to give you the uh, the crown for best bold predictions. Um, I just feel like you know some of the ones I nailed were were, were big wins too, right? Like we talked about the Shea Gillespie and thing. Like if you kept him, that was actually a pretty big win. Javale McGee. I mean, to get a guy that late and you're very pretty much your last pick who can be a top sixty player, that's huge. To get someone like Vucevic who you could pick right around fifty that ended up being the top ten player, that was huge. So. You know, some of the ones I think were, were were so big that they helped you win your league, and obviously that's the goal. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the whole point of taking these big, big bold predictions is that uh, for the most part, 
you kind of stay within your within your normal uh, variance. Everything reverts to the mean, but then you take those bold predictions that will make the difference. And I think a lot of these bold predictions that we made might have made some differences for some people, even though we were a bit off on on a handful of them. But really, our percentage this might be our best uh, our best year. So I got a question for you to close this out. Okay, you ready for it? Let, let me hear. It. What is your your early, 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 early bold prediction for next season? Maybe it's a bold prediction for the offseason. Like, I don't know, someone is going to go to some team. Or maybe it's like you got a guy you're spotting that you think is going to be a top whatever player. Um, and obviously, like, this might get thrown out by, you know, June when yeah. he or gets tomorrow. traded to another team. Yeah, when he gets traded to another team and, like, you're like, oh, well, he's not going to play as many minutes. He's not going to look as good. Um, whatever, whatever, whatever. So it can be anything, really. All right. My, it's fun. Uh, my bold prediction is Clay Thompson is on a new team, which bumps his fantasy value of an extra year. He, he, he improves because he's carrying a team – and he can show off a lot more of the skills that he has. Oh, he's going to go for his own He's going to go for his own team. Clay Thompson is going to be the number one player on the team. The number one option okay. on the team. That is bold. I'm not sure what team that team is going to be. I don't either. I have no idea. Um, so that's fun. I like that. That's very, very, very fun. I'm a big fan of that prediction. Um so if I, we're gonna I, talk, hope, I hope so. I just think it would be, it'd be good to see him. I think he's a little underrated. If we're going to talk off-season predictions, um, I, I am going to go with who? There's a couple of them. I got a couple that I think okay. are going to happen this off-season. Um, I think we see an all-star get traded before it even gets the free agency. So I'm talking like a 2019 All-Star. Wow. Okay. Before free agency. Yeah. So like during that draft period, I think we see a 2019 All-Star get traded. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Probably for yeah for someone in this draft, maybe. Uh. So I think yeah, I think that's that's gonna happen. Um. I don't know if that's bold or not. Well, if but... it's AD, it's not that bold. But if it's somebody else, I think it's kind of bold. Um. Yeah. And I think. Is it crazy to think that we see two All-Stars get traded? Like we saw in the uh, Kawhi Leonard trade, right, that DeMar DeRozan went back and he was an All-Star? So I think maybe that Anthony Davis – like if it's the Anthony Davis one, I think we're going to see a non-Anthony Davis All-Star get traded. Is that fair? Um, Yeah, that's fair. I think that's pretty good. I'm going to I'm gonna piggyback uh, so on that prediction and say DeMarcus Cousins re-signs with the Pelicans so they keep Anthony Davis, they run it back. Um, I actually kind of think that happens now too, just a little bit. Not not the cousins part, but that the, they could keep Davis. Um, I also, and this is maybe maybe not that bold. I also think that we see a a new super team form um, at some point this summer. Okay, that's not terribly bold with all the talk of Kyrie and Kawhi and KD and all. Uh, looking for a, a new home. I, I don't know if that's too bold, but, you know, it will be interesting to see another super team appear out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, and, and that's what's fun about it, right? It's like um, I, I make this joke all the time, but, like, 
people say, oh, you know, my team is stuck for, for they're never going to be that good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, in the NBA, it doesn't, isn't that the one league where you're never really stuck for that long? Like at, at any moment, right? If you're the team with all the cap space, like, or if you can just got some contracts that are tradable, you can dump all your players and your team can become, you know, three superstars just signing up. Yeah, completely out of nowhere. It's it's if you have a, a GM that can pull it off, and a lot of these trash teams that are at the bottom of this lottery um, don't really have very good uh, ownership or GMs. So maybe Atlanta. Atlanta seems like it's on the upswing. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Hawks seem like they're doing well. Um, uh, so speaking of that, I wrote a very um, maybe not that very, but very, to me, interesting piece about the case, uh, the debate between Luka Doncic and Trey Young for Rookie of the Year. Okay. And a lot how, closer than I think people ever thought it would be. I, no, I don't think it is. Well, I think it's a lot closer than people thought it would be because I didn't think it would be close. I'm still um, going Luka over Trey. I don't, I don't think that – I don't think so, people should be arguing for Trey – but you can make an argument for Trey, and I and I, I kind of respect. Okay, so make it, make the argument for Trey Young. Go ahead. He's the only person on that team who's worth a damn. Oh no, I don't think so. I think John Collins is an decent. incredible second half. Okay, so I made the case in the article that if you're going to base it on the second half, which most people base it on the post All Star break, right? Because even if you want to say second half, Trey Young wasn't that great. The numbers where he's really better than Luca are once the Mavericks made all those trades and got rid of every starter they had other than Luca. Okay, so do you know how many games that was for Trey Young? How many? Twenty-three. Okay. Do you know how many games that was for Luca? No. Seventeen. Okay. So if you're gonna make that case, I'd argue that you're giving me the fact that Luca was better for the first fifty-five to fifty-eight games. That's a very good rebuttal to that argument, which is why I'm not making that argument. I'm saying that is the <laughs> argument you would make if you were trying so, so to make I, Trey Young. And I that's what I'm trying to give props to is that Trey Young should not be in this conversation, and he is. And um, uh, a lot of people thought this would be one of the worst trades in the history. A lot of people uh, of the NBA and a lot of people thought Trey Young would be a huge bust, and he's not. And yeah, I, I, I like that. I'm glad that he's not. I wrote that in the article too. Like none of the things I say here are to disparage Trey Young. Like I thought Trey Young had a great rookie season, and he very much like Luka Doncic exceeded all expectations, especially as a rookie. Right, as a 19 year old rookie, they were both 19 yeah. when the season started. Like wow. they were both fantastic, but at the same time, like the debate is there is no debate. Like it's a full season award, and Luka was way better for pretty much the entire season. I, I don't disagree with you, Tyler. Where can people read that article? Where should they where should they um, find your work? You can read it at the Smoking Cuban, or you can just follow me on Twitter, and then uh, stuff all usually gets tweeted out um, at Tyler P. Watts. Cool. And everybody, you can follow me at Watch the Boxes, where I'll be making the prediction that the finals MVP will be Lowry Market and the Bulls win in six next year. Uh, that is my true bold prediction <laughs> to end this uh, rehash of our last year's bold prediction. I think we did pretty well, Tyler. Um, and a lot of these bold predictions, a lot of this information uh, was exclusive uh, before we released it to the wild. To our Patreon subscribers, shout out to all you who subscribed on patreon.com slash watching the boxes this season. You guys really, really helped uh, us support 
the podcast. And uh, it was a lot of fun this season. And we really we want to thank all the listeners for listening. We want to thank the Patreons for Patreoning. It's not a word. Uh, but we really, we really appreciate you guys. And we'll still be bringing you these podcasts throughout the summer. And enjoy the playoffs. We'll see you soon.